Good morning. Thank you for being with us here today. My name is Reverend Audrey Brooks, and I'm the retired chaplain of the Unitarian Church of Edmonton. This is the 14th year of the genocide memorial service, which began as a social justice protest against war and evolved into a witness witnessing to the many, many countries and cultures and families that experienced war, violence, rape, colonialism, all kinds of things that are, destroy the family. I know that some of you have already met the Raging Grannies who have helped you find your location here and I thank them very much for being here. The future of any country is based on the family. If the family is damaged or destroyed, so is the future of the country. Every child matters is the theme of this year's genocide memorial service. Those who would take over the world and shape it to their will do not accept that the earth and its people are a sacred vessel. The land, the people, and the universe know and remember this. By witnessing, by declaring against violence, by working to heal those who are damaged, we are more than bystanders. Because we are the world and everyone in it, we are responsible for what happens in it. Before we begin, we begin I'd like to extend gratitude to the sponsors who have supported this for 14 years. The Unitarian Church of Edmonton, Westwood Unitarian Church, the Edmonton Interfaith Center, and the Canadian Multicultural Educational Foundation. I also have a message from the executive director of the Unitarian, Canadian Unitarian uh, Council, who says that she blesses this service every year and that encourage, encourages the participation in the values and the reasons why we exist. Now let us begin our service with a song we are the world because we are the world. All of us in every place, in every country in the world, as we represented by the symbols around here in this church, we are one people. The genocide memorial service began as a witness to violence committed against human beings because of war, greed, ethnic cleansing, slavery, gender bias, and colonial expropriation of indigenous lands that resulted in the mass extinction of helpless families. Today we're seeing this in, in Ukraine. We're on February the 14th this year when Russian dictator Vladimir Putin attacked Ukraine. He used the standard lies 
of genocide perpetrators to attack them. Ukrainians are inferior, they're dangerous, they need to be controlled. They never really were a people. If this sounds familiar, it's because it has happened since the beginning of time when bullies decide that they are going to take over other people's property, their land, and their lives in any way they can. These stories haunt our lives, and today we particularly look at war and violence affect the lives of children. We affirm the right of, to education for children and depriving them of a safe family life free from war and threats of death and starvation is a violation of their worth and dignity. They and their families are protected under the United Nations Charter on Human Rights that has an obligation to protect families from violence of any kind. War is a human choice and we have a moral obligation to stop it. I invite my colleague, Alara Stefanik-Gorette, activist, educator, mischief and more, to offer our land acknowledgement and to introduce our next song. I've already been introduced, but I'll just say again, my pronouns are they, them, and I thank you for including me in this morning's service. As we gather this morning in religious community, we take this moment to pause and affirm that the land where we gather has borne witness to thousands of years of indigenous history, culture, science, and spirituality, and continues to do so. Land acknowledgements are a beginning a way to respectfully draw attention to the journey of reconciliation in this place and within ourselves. As our personal relationships and the work we do with reconciliation deepens, so too do our acknowledgements deepen. Wherever you are joining us from, I ask you to imagine, to remember, that in this place and where you are, where these buildings are now, Human and more than human history stretches back since time immemorial. Before my ancestors arrived in this place, there were people here, diverse nations of people who built complex societies, civilizations, and cultures over the span of many, many generations. They gathered, worshiped, sang, danced, loved, lived, and died on this land. They did so in a way unique to here, and they still do. Amiskwichi Waskahikin, the Cree name for Edmonton, meaning Beaver Hills House, is situated in Treaty 6 territory. It is the traditional home of diverse indigenous peoples, including Cree, Blackfoot, Métis, Nakota Sioux, Iroquois, Dene, Ojibwe, Soto, Anishinaabe, Inuit, and many others. In acknowledging the peoples of this land, it is important to also offer gratitude for all peoples which dwell upon this land and care for us. I give thanks, 
as Anishinaabekwe elder Stephen Paquette taught me, for the waters of this world, for the first peoples who are the tree nation, for the four-legged and the two-legged nations, for the peoples that crawl, the peoples that swim, and the peoples that fly in the sky. I give thanks for the teachings of the elders that I have been blessed to be in relationship with as I work to uplift the truth of the harm that has been done to the indigenous peoples of this place, to heal my own relationship with all peoples of this land, and to assist in bringing reconciliation into our communities in all ways I am able. May we journey together in this spirit. And then I will introduce our next song, which is hymn number 1070, Mother, I Feel You, and it's being played and sung by Carrie Day. Thank you, Alara. Who is also one of the planners of this program, although they would never admit it publicly. Our poet, Naomi McElwraith, wasn't able to be with us today. And Lewis Carroll has called me this morning and let me know that he may have COVID, so he is also not able to be here. Yes, yes, please. Good morning. Um, 
morning, I'm, Naomi. Good morning. Thank you for your patience. And um, uh, I'm coming to you from the Indigenous Peoples Experience at Edmonton Park, where I was not able to get the day off, but I did get enough time off to join you today. Um, I'm very grateful for, um, I'm humbled for the honor to share some of my work with you today. So um, I've written a poem called For the Child. And I heard Audrey say that the future of any country depends on the family. And this is so true. My family is, is so important to me. I also believe that there is a war against child happening here in Alberta and on Turtle Island. Um, there are many harms, not necessarily in an actual all-out war. Not, not to dismiss those, those are definitely happening, but there are, there are other harms. Some of, those, some of those harms have entered my circle and hurt people close to me. So I've written a poem that speaks to that but also to the larger harms as well that Ilara and um, and Reverend Audrey and the the songs and the hymns are speaking to. So I'll I'll just share my poem now. It's called "For the Child." For the child born during a thunderstorm, with the lightning flashing and the wild wind raging all about. May you seek and find a pretty rainbow wherever you are. For Tanya Morell, who went missing at age six in 1983 and has never been found, and your little brother John, who tried so hard to be a boy with his eyes on the sky and his feet on the ground. For Keith L., bruises and cigarette burns all over your body before you were two. May you find the balm of peace and healing and hope and goodwill wherever you are. For Carrie P, who at two knew too much, much more than any two-year-old should know. May you do better by your children than your parents did by you. For Mackenzie and Mary P, whose daddy let the booze and the drugs make him do it and then blamed the devil. May you both rest in peace, but may your memory never rest. For Tina Stonechild McElwraith Susie, born under the raging star of prostitution and prenatal exposure to alcohol, may you be safe wherever you are. For all 10 of your children, Keisha, Keyshawn, Justice, Natalia, Nadia, Christopher, Adriana, Angel, Chardin, and Jules, may you be safe wherever you are. For the lonely child who never came home from the dark dungeons of residential school, may the grass grow green, the sun shine bright, and the sky beam blue, forever green, forever bright forever blue. For the 13-year-old girl whose name I protect, may your body, your mind, and your spirit heal from your recent ordeal with the 40-year-old man whose name isn't worth protecting or uttering. 
For the child of addicts, may you seek and find a safe place to lay your head at night, and may you fight fiercely to keep your candle of hope burning brightly wherever you are. For the man-child lying shirtless for God knows how long on the garbage pallet in our backyard last Saturday, may you seek and find healing and purpose for your long, lean limbs and your young, lean spirit. For the child born during a thunderstorm with the lightning flashing and the wild wind raging all about, may you seek and find a pretty rainbow wherever you are. Thank you. Naomi. Next, we have a musical interlude to, uh, by the Celtic colors called With These Hands. Our next speaker, Sophia Yakub from the Shama Center for Seniors, can tell us what their group has done with those hands of theirs. She's been involved with so many groups, Islamic and children of Islamic nations, received several awards for her work, including the Queen's Golden and Diamond Jubilee Awards. The most unassuming person I know, hard to track down because she's always busy and she brought chocolates. So, I mean, come on, what more could I ask? My dear friend, Sophia, also a member of the Edmonton Interfaith Center. Thank you, Doc, Reverend Audrey. Good morning, assalamu alaikum, peace, blessings, and God's mercy be with you. My name is Sophia Yakub. My family can trace its roots in two villages for more than four centuries. I was raised by an extended family. I had rich supports watching over me, protecting me, guiding me. I didn't experience a generation gap with my parents because I was entwined in the same social milieu as them. When partition of India happened, the adults faced war trauma. But overall, our family stayed mostly intact after it. My dad's side of the family went to East Pakistan, which, and my mom's side to West Pakistan. My father struggled, worked hard, and became a medical doctor. He was the eldest son and took care of his mother, three sisters, brother, um, a number of second cousins. He got involved in community building. However, only a few short years later, there was another conflict. This new conflict and some unresolved tensions of partition led to another civil war between East Pakistan, which is now Bangladesh, and present-day Pakistan. My family had to move to an underground bomb shelter which was under the hospital my father was working in. At night, my brother would go to our house to pick clean clothes and some necessities, and 
from the house which was nearby. He would pass over dead bodies and, ma and a mass grave. He saw a close friend, friend's house burned, the adult male member was shot, and the wife and small daughter was brutally maimed. Several of our relations had to go into hiding. Some had to flee to Burma and Nepal to find a safe way to Pakistan, and some had to wait for several years to make this journey. This civil war deeply traumatized my father. He started developing health problems. At the time, my husband and I were in Scotland studying, and we had planned to go back and settle near our, our parents. That didn't happen. This conflict fractured us. A weary family, still recovering from war, struggled to survive yet again. My brother told me that for years he had nightmares. I don't think anybody there ever got any psychological help to reduce the trauma. Today, because of the war, we are scattered across the world. I do not have many family members in the same city or country. My children did not get the opportunity to build close relationships with their first cousins or extended family as I did. One of the costs of war is disintegration of the family structure, which is essential to our well-being. Today, there are many people who have never experienced extended family. This is a loss for all of us and leads to challenges we experience today, which with isolation, dislocation, loss of identity, and more. As we all know, war is brutal, unethical, and traumatic. It kills and injures millions of people, displaces many more, destroys family, communities, and cities. Besides death, other consequences of war are endemic poverty, malnutrition, disability, unsafe living conditions, environmental hazards, mental illness, economic crisis, and social breakdown, to name a few. The psychological trauma and stress caused, the war, caused by war leaves dangerous, invisible wounds. According to Council of Foreign Relations, there are 27 ongoing war or conflict today affecting 2 billion people. 69 million people are forcibly displaced by violence, the highest number since the Second World War. We have major humanitarian crises brought by these conflicts. According to data from the American Psychological Association, approximately 47% of the civilians uh, killed in recent years in armed conflict with children. There are countries where many children are born grew up and have lived in conflict situation for over 40 years. How do these children feel? How do these, uh, they see the world? What message are we giving to them? How do they see us? According to UNICEF, the estimated casualties of children during the last decade was two million killed, four to five million disabled, 12 million left home, homeless, more than one million orphaned, or separated from their parents, and some 10 million psychologically traumatized. Currently, there are over 2 million children, child refugees fleeing from Syria, and over 870,000 refugees from Somalia. Among 100 people who have been killed in Syria, at least 10,000 were children. It is estimated that there are around 300,000 child soldiers around the world. 
There's also evidence of high correlation between mothers and children distress in a war situation. Mothers are themselves suffering from stress and depression and are unable to provide full support which affects the health and growth of the child. Children need stability and structure from parental figure in their lives. Stress in early childhood can impede brain development of children that results in both physical and mental health. War disrupts the supply of necessities to children and their families, like food, water, shelter, health services, and education. Lack of access to these basic needs may deprive children of their physical, social, emotional, psycho psychological development. Children fleeing, fleeing war in Ukraine have similar experience, and they don't receive time. And if they don't receive timely and psychological and physical support in minimizing the effect of war-related traumas may be left with lasting trauma and scar. Our heart goes out to them, and our prayers are with them and their families. The world has become increasingly smaller. War and con conflict anyway eventually affects all of us. We should be deeply concerned about this. What are we doing to our children? What kind of society are we creating? What kind of world are we going to be leaving behind for our children and grandchildren? We should all help to create a more just and equitable world. Islam teaches us that we are all equal in the eyes of God and deserve equal treatment. And the best people are those who bring most benefit to the rest of the mankind. Standing firm for social justice is considered closest to godliness. Similar messages are are in the Bible, the Torah, and other holy books. So let's try to put these words into action. God bless and thank you. Thank you, Sophia. One of the things that I might mention too, I first uh, met Sophia when I attended uh, a workshop for young women on dealing with uh, violence. And it was a very uh, powerful uh, workshop for young girls who were being taught how to take care of their personal selves in a world that sometimes is, not sometimes, but very often is unsafe. So protecting the children uh, is, includes older children as well. Well, let me see, where am I now? Okay. Is Satya Das here? Yeah, I guess we have another person that didn't show. I wasn't able to be here. Um, such is life. <laughs> uh, I want to show you a rock. Uh, it's at the beginning, at the front of the, the uh, room here. And uh, my friend, Denise Bedenko, painted it for me yesterday and uh, did a very fine job. Every year, a stone is placed in the Genocide Memorial Garden that stands as witness and honors the memory of a people who have suffered violence, war, and destruction in their country. 
And this, this uh, stone I will read to you. And I would invite the Bodenko family to come and light the candle for the Ukraine. And this is, is, am I okay? Am I okay? Okay, this stone, of course, has the colors of the uh, Ukrainian flag, which is a blue and the yellow. And these, the sign says, Russian dictator Vladimir Putin unleashes genocidal attack on Ukraine, February the 24th, 2022. And I've invited Father Greg Fereni from the Ukrainian Orthodox, Ukrainian Catholic Church to come forward and talk to us about that. Now, Father is a homegrown priest. Uh, he is a graduate of Austin O'Brien High School and was called to the priesthood after working in the auto part as an auto partsman for almost 20 years. What was it about that that caused you to, go, <laughs> to choose the priesthood? One has to have a sense of humor. <laughs> um, he served several parishes in Edmonton, Calgary, and rural Alberta. And I have to tell you, there are 82 uh, Ukrainian Catholic parishes in Alberta, with 10 in Edmonton. So, Father Greg, come and take over. Slava Isusu Christu. I'd like to thank everyone to, uh, for, uh, for being out here today and especially for Reverend Audrey for putting this series together, the 14th uh, annual gathering in which we uh, recognize uh, both the cruelty of humanity and also the love of humanity as well. The reaction that we can have to other people's sufferings. I was born here in, uh, in uh, Canada, so I was very blessed in that, but I do have family in Ukraine. And uh, with my grandmother, uh, it was very easy to keep in contact with that family uh, through the letters that she had passed, especially during Soviet times. But it was uh, only after her passing that I had the opportunity to uh, speak with them directly well, speak with them being a, a loose term, but because it was over the internet. So I, uh, I really thank uh, the existence of Facebook and Messenger and all of those other things, and Google Translate to be able to figure out exactly what they're trying to say to me and what I'm trying to say to them. 
And with that translation, the joy that was in our hearts uh, because of the mistranslations that often would occur. Uh, but it was a way of connecting. And at the time of the, uh, of the invasion, the, the time that uh, this uh, co current conflict occurred, I was still in uh, communication with most of them. And uh, sadly, uh, to this day, a few have gone silent, uh, either during, because of conflict or because of displacement. There are uh, a few that uh, I still have uh, remained in, in contact with that are staying put in Western Ukraine primarily and uh, they uh, are supporting uh, their people to the best of their abilities. Uh, a, good, a good friend of mine and cousin uh, went uh, to Poland with her children and uh, uh, the eldest child is now taking care of those children because my cousin wanted to go back to Lviv so that she could plant potatoes so that uh, the soldiers could have potatoes. Incredible uh, strength that she has. Unfortunately, conflict is not anything new for the Ukrainian people. We think about the invasion that began on February 24th, but it was a war, a proxy war that had existed for eight years already. From the time the little green men came into the area of Crimea and into the provinces of Donetsk and Luhansk, there was already a great loss of life. So over 12,000 people have died even before that uh, initial invasion in February, uh, 3,000 of which are civilians, including children. We think about the war that is occurring now, and they're saying that every day there's roughly two to 300 Ukrainian troops who are dying, probably an equal, if not greater number of Russian troops. And just think of all the loss that is there uh, of a, uh, a father or a mother, of a friend, of a parent. Throughout the centuries, the Ukrainian people have tried to exist. From the time of uh, Tsarina Catherine and, and the Tsar Peter, there were times when uh, the people were not allowed to speak Ukrainian. They could not... Uh, 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 learn in Ukrainian, they had to speak Russian. So Imperial Russia had that, that bind, especially over the eastern part of what we know of, of Ukraine today. We can think about the Soviet times where you were not allowed to be yourself. You were afraid even of your neighbor because they might turn you in. So no matter what you did, you had to be very quiet and you had to do it to, uh, or amongst a very close group of friends. And we think about the silencing of the people of the day, silencing so much that they would have a mass murder, the Holodomor, in which nearly, or around the area of 10 million people will die of forced starvation. Ukraine is known as the breadbasket of Europe. The flag itself, uh, with the uh, blue is meant to be the sky, the yellow for grain, and yet the grain was denied. So we think of all of these things that humanity does. We want to keep power over the other. We want to force others to think the way we think. 
instead of listening to each other, instead of turning to each other and offering our hand, our, 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 our hand offering the best for the other. And it's these kinds of events that we can gather to recognize the differences that are amongst us, but the similarity in that we all have the desire to know each other and to be with, with each other. So for the people of Ukraine, I'd like to greet them first. Know that we stand with you and we pray for you. For centuries, you dared stand against foreign aggression to protect your land and your people. You are known as the breadbasket of Europe, but we know that you are not just the breadbasket of Europe, but of many other areas of the world as well. You have a prayerful heart and a desire for justice. Hold on to that desire. To the children of Ukraine, thousands of whom have lost a mother or a father in combat every day, stand firm knowing that they fought for your future. To the families who have been displaced and who have come to live here with us, we welcome you and we love you. Canada is not perfect. Like most parts of the world, we often talk of virtue, but we live in vice. But for the most part, we know the difference. We recognize that Western morals can sometimes be transient and change for the moment, but at least there is the desire for something better, for the good. We may not always get what we want, but at least we have the freedom to express our opinions without a fear of appraisal. For true freedom is the ability to express our thoughts and to live not for the betterment of ourselves, but for the building up of the community and the world around us. And I would like to offer a prayer, a prayer that has been shared within our church uh, for uh, at least these last four months, but recognize the, the unity of, uh, of uh, our call to, out to God. O Lord Jesus Christ, our God, we entreat you to hear the earnest prayer of your faithful for your deeply afflicted children abiding in the land of Ukraine. Behold their grave sorrow and their grievous plight and speedily come to their aid. Deliver your vulnerable people from unjust aggressors, foreign invasion, and the terror of war. Strengthen the courageous defenders of the nation to fight virtuously, inspired more by love of those they protect than hatred of the enemy. O compassionate Lord, shelter the displaced, heal the wounded, console the orphan, protect the widow, Comfort those who mourn and peacefully receive into your kingdom those who have nobly died guarding their homeland against every aggression. Quickly make, uh, make cease the spilling of blood of friend and foe alike. Yet stir many to bravely struggle, struggle for that which is true justice, which alone can bring lasting peace. O kind-hearted Lord, as you are our peace, 
strengthen the hearts of the unmerciful, rather soften the hearts of the unmerciful, and convert those who promote hostilities towards reconciliation. So that your beloved children of the land of Ukraine may abide in that tranquility, justice, and freedom which reflects your kingdom, where you reign with your eternal Father and your most holy, good, and life-giving Spirit, now and forever and ever. Amen. And a prayer for the strength of the people in an intercession prayer, one that uh, whether Catholic or Orthodox alike would know. Amen. Slava Ukraini. God bless your day. Thank you, Father Greg, for being with us today. We also have the pleasure of having the trio Zimlias sing for us today. Would you please come and join us? I will let them say their names and talk about the translation of the music because I would do a terrible disservice to the language if I tried. Very well. Thank you so much for being here. I've turned that off. So it's Good morning, everybody. Um, I'm going to introduce ourselves. This is Irina Tarnowski on my far left, Ksenia Maranyak, and my name is Natalia Onishchuk. We, uh, I want to tell you a little bit about how we started because uh, it is a very interesting story and I can't remember the year, 20, 2012, so we're at 10 years now. Uh, we were invited by Sharon Ann Pasula and Myrna Kostash to an event that was called Zimlia Nanaskaman. In Cree, Nanaskaman means land, Zimlia is also land. So that is how we started off with our name. But the event was actually a sharing of the indigenous people and the Ukrainian people. They shared in food, they shared in dance, they shared in story on how the indigenous people helped Ukrainians when they came to this new land and did not know how to survive. Our gift for that day was a gift of song. And now we will give, share our gift with you. Uh, we're going to start with um, what is called the spiritual hymn of Ukraine. Um, so we would ask that you stand, please.
Reverend Audrey and Sophia both mentioned um, the desperate situation for the children and families. Our next selection is a lullaby. The dream passes by the window and sleep near the fence. Dream asks sleep, where should we rest tonight? Where the cottage is warm, where the baby is tiny, there we will go and rock the child to sleep. Sleep, sleep, my dear. Come to us, sleep. Our next selection is titled, My Homeland, My Ukraine, My Love. The translation, how we love you, our Ukraine, with your gentle dawns and transparent waters, bright stars and nightingale songs in shaded noisy groves. Like my mother, I cannot forget you. I will always love you.
I don't even know if I can speak after that. Takes me back to grade three in northern North Winnipeg at St. Nicholas Ukrainian Catholic School where I went. And the uh, sisters in the choir sounded like that. It was absolutely. Who can say we are free or purified? None of us. But we can have a new heart. We can give, we can share, we can protect the children. adapted from the gates of repentance. This great world of ours is in need of repentance. From the voices, those who sing, who those who cry, those who mourn, and those who weep, has to come some way of salvation for what is happening. I have no closing words because I have chosen a prayer for the world for us all to share. The words will be on the screen. And I will say the first line and you can repeat after me. We lift up our hearts. Prayer for, a Prayer for the World by Amy Shaw. For all who die in war. We lift up our hearts. For all who lie in suffering in the aftermath of violence. We lift up our hearts. For all who give their lives in smoke and flame. For all who go on in honor of the dead. For all who have served. For our country and our world. For a planet that will find peace. For the young and the innocent. For the weary and war-torn. For those too angry to cry, we lift up our hearts. For all of us, for the many names of God, we lift up our hearts. We lift up our hearts, Shanti, Shalom, Salam, Peace, peace. Amen. Amen. While I catch my breath, I will invite my dear friend and friends, the Soul Singer Circle to come up and lead us out with love, which is all that we have left to offer.
speak a circle or come on down a little lower just so we can hear each other a little bit more there we go we're a semicircle but actually you complete our circle we are um uh the soul song circle singers and friends um and we are so pleased to be here as part of this uh, uh ceremony ritual and to to honor um, all the people around the world who are su suffering. Um, and with all the stories and that we've heard today and the prayers and, and music, um, we, uh, we know that we, oh, the other thing I forgot to mention, we are part of a bigger uh, group called the Ubuntu Choir Network. And Ubuntu is a Zulu word that um, translates roughly to I am because we are, and uh, that's why we are here. And we believe that singing is a birth, our birthright. Um, so we, you may have thought that we'd be singing for you, which we will, but we this extend a big invitation to sing with us. So we're going to be, be a little bit different. We're gonna take some time to um, share some of the words so we can invite your voice to be part of our circle. Um, so um, we can be strong and carry each other um, during these hard times. The first song we're going to sing together is, and especially for the people at home too, please, please, we will feel you there singing. The first song we'll um, sing is called Walk With Me. It's by a, a beautiful um, songwriter, um, song leader, activist, actress from um, California, and Walk With Me has become an anthem um, of this past uh, several years since she's written it and people have been carrying it through. There is one line that changes and you can put in um, as many versions of that, that that feels right to you. So we're going to, the words are, I walk in the spirit, I walk in the light, I walk through the darkest hours of night, and I call on my ancestors to my left and my right to walk with me. Then the second line is the one that changes. But let's sing this one first. The first line, it goes like this. The spirit, I walk in the light. I walk through the darkest hours of night. And I call on my ancestors to my left and my right. I walk in the spirit, I walk in the light, I walk through the darkest hours of night, and I call on my ancestors to my left and my right to walk with me, to walk with me. Oh, we're going to go walking. Here we go. So the next part, um, I'm going to call out um, the, the, the line that changes. So I'm just going to say them once so we can anchor them into our beings. And as they fly by, whatever you catch on, you'll catch on. So the ne next line is, I walk in the service of doing what's right. I walk with the knowledge that we'll be all right. I walk with my neighbors to fight the good fight. I walk for the water. The water is life. I walk with the promise of healing in sight. I walk for the children and their right to survive. Okay, so let's give it a go. I walk in the spirit. 
Thank you so much. Oh, yes, beautiful voices together. Um, we have been singing this song well, uh, uh, for a while now. It's been a bit of an anthem through the pandemic and through these struggles, and it is a, um, a gospel song written by Charles A. Tinley called The Storm is Passing Over. Um, the chorus is The Storm is Passing Over. The storm is passing over. The storm is passing over. Hallelujah. Yeah. So please join in on that. Here we go.
finally, we would like to uh, close the service um, with one of our anthems It's in our circles. It's a song call, um, by two Amys, Amy Ringel and Amy Kelly. And um, I will share when I spoke to the, um, Amy Ringel once when I finally got to meet her, that it was a d divine downloading song and it is called the Angel Wash Song. So I'd really it's like to take a moment for you to um, sing, learn the words and sing with us. Um, it goes like this. I'll say the words first. I behold you, beautiful one. I behold you, child of the earth and sun. Let my love wash over you, and let my love watch over you. So I behold, it goes like this. I behold you, beautiful one. Sing that. I behold you, I behold you, child of the earth and sun. I behold you, child of the earth and sun. Sing that with us again. I behold you, child of the earth and sun. Let my love wash over you. think about those losses, uh, people in their lives who are ill, and today I would like to dedicate the, this to the children and to the people of Ukraine, and I can't say anymore.
thank you for coming. Next year is the 15th anniversary of the genocide memorial service. I would invite you to be present for that second Sunday in July and to invite those who might want to be with us to join. Blessed be. May you go in peace, love one another, because time is short and we must be with each other. Thank you.